I'll launch us in uh, in prayer, but really quick, just to, in case there's anybody uh, jumping on for the first time, about a week ago, Sunday, when they came out with a shelter in place, a bunch of us said, hey, what if, what if we, we're going into battle? What if we come together on a daily basis um, and uh, have somebody today, we've got Mark McConnell going to lead us, um, and just getting us ready, recalibrating us, refocusing on the Lord and getting ready for today's battle. And so, um, and so today's Wednesday, and so we've been at this for this is our, our eighth day. So let me uh, just launch us. Lord, uh, good morning. Thank you for uh, another day, another gift, another opportunity. Um, I thank you for Mark and his willingness to um, lead us this morning. I ask for your Holy Spirit to speak through him to us um, and uh, just ask you to help us be prepared, um, get equipped uh, to love and serve your people today, Lord. Uh, we thank you for all the leaders that we um, are privileged to work with and um, just ask you to help unify us uh, as the body of Christ as we go out today to love and serve, um, serve you for your glory and your kingdom, God. Amen. Mark McConnell from ESM, which is what? Ewing, Schwederman, and McConnell now. It's gonna leave yeah. Today. ESM Architects. So hello, everybody. I'm glad to, to uh, to participate with you today and uh, my first thought is that uh, we are definitely a band of brothers here on the line a uh, band of brothers because we're uh, banded together in the fact that we love God and believe in him and believe in prayer and believe that prayer changes things and uh, yes and that can change us as more than anything as we we come to the father and come to, to Christ uh, yes. humbled before him mm -hmm. um, and right now, I just got called down this morning to, by my wife, and she acknowledged that we're at the heart of the pandemic uh, with, uh, I guess, over 1,000 deaths in the United States in the last um, last day. And so my heart goes out to all the families and, and friends and people that have been uh, affected by that and have, have been are, are sick and all that kind of thing. And so we, yeah. we ask prayer for that. Um, in my, in my, uh, in my own life, I know that, uh, God is a God that is both the God of the head and the God of the heart. Yeah. And, uh, when I think about that, I think about, uh, in the Bible, you got the Proverbs right next to the Psalms and the Proverbs are how you do life by Solomon and, uh, when things are going the way they should go, uh, A follows or B follows A, and the Psalms are right next to it. When you just throw up your hands and you go, "Wait, God, I did B after A, and it just didn't work out." So the, He has both of those things there for us. Yeah. Or I think about the head and the heart, and I think about Paul in the New Testament. He writes the Book of Romans, and it sounds like a college lecture and it really is and it's deep and it's it's good meat and then you read the book of philippians and it's a love letter and uh, uh, uh something from the whole heart and this morning i was going to talk about uh you know scriptures about anxiety and, and that kind of thing and then my, my heart changed and and i thought i'd talk um about the um the very nature of the love of God, because we're brought to him by his nature. And, and I think the, the head and heart thing, I have, have different sources I go to. And when I have uh, thinking about the head, I think about uh, 
previous uh, Christian authors like C.S. Lewis or A.W. Tozer or Tim Keller, our current uh, kind of guys in the head. And then the heart, I think it's uh, guys like Max Licato or Brennan Manning. Mm. And uh, if you don't know, Bre Brennan Manning has passed away, but Brennan Manning was a is a great guy and uh, wrote several books. But uh, his ministry was about to the connecting us to the heart of Christ, the heart of God, and uh, getting us back to a personal experiential relationship. And you know, during different times in our lives, uh, I mean, this flip-flop happened just real quickly, but you could say two, three weeks ago, we were looking at the world and saying, uh, from a business point of view, uh, everything is on the rosy and we're working like crazy and all that kind of stuff. And so we were thinking about our head and in our head, things were going fine. And then we need the heart to be strengthened now because things are still in God's hands, but yes. we don't seem to, to feel it the same. And that can, mm -hmm. can switch that quickly. So I'm going to read something from Brother Manning. It's uh, one of his books called The Relentless Tenderness of Jesus. Mm -hmm. and, uh, here's a, a short passage from him that helps us with, with uh, that. Uh, this is directly out of the book. This is Brennan Manning. Um, my ministry has been identified more than anything else. Uh, teaching on the unconditional love of God, Abba, Father, have aimed at dispelling illusions and myths and helping people to experience the God of Jesus Christ. This, I believe, is the main business of religion. Religion is a matter not of learning how to think about God, but of actually encountering him. The love of God embodied in Jesus is radically different from our natural human way of loving. As a man, I am drawn to love appealing things and appealing persons. I love the Jersey Shore, Clearwater Beach, Handel's Messiah, Hot Fudge Sundays, and my family. There's a common denominator or, better, a common dynamic in all of them. I'm attracted by certain qualities that I find congenial. When I love as a man... I'm drawn by the good perceived in the other. I love someone for what I find in him or her. Now, unlike ourselves, the Father of Jesus loves men and women not for what he finds in them, but for what lies within himself. It is not because men and women are good that he loves them, nor only good men and women that he loves. It is because he is so unutterably good that he loves all persons. He loves the loveless, the unloving, the unlovable. He does not detect what is congenial, appealing, attractive, and respond to it, to it in his favor. In fact, he doesn't respond at all. The Father of Jesus is a source. He acts. He does not react. He initiates love. He is love without motive. It is for this reason that we can proclaim with theological certainty in the power of God's word that God loves you as you are and not as you should be. Do you believe this, that God loves you beyond unworthiness and unworthiness, beyond fidelity and infidelity, that he loves you in the morning sun and the evening rain, that he loves you without caution, regret, mm. boundary, limit, or breaking point? Mm. I'm not asking do you believe in love. That is an abstract ideology. Agnostics and atheists can say that. What I'm asking is, can you say with conviction what the Apostle John writes in his first letter? I have come to know and believe in the love God has for me. The last four words, God has for me, turn an abstract proposition into a personal relationship. 
This love is the content of our faith. It is a magnificent summary of all we believe. The love God has for us constitutes ultimate meaning and brings the peace and joy the world cannot give. At this time, for me, to strengthen my heart, I think about stuff like this as soul salve. You put salve on a cut to make it get better, and it's soul salve to think about God's love for me. Mm. It has nothing to do with how I'm performing. If I have to go in and tell someone they have no more employment uh, tomorrow or any of those things that are just the hard things of, of our lives, um, it just has to do with his nature that he loves me completely. And um, so yeah. I want to give everybody that thought today because uh, that's what brought me to Christ way back in 1979. It's just the, the love of God that mm-hmm. loves me no matter what and no matter what happens, what my circumstances, just as I am. That's so, good, Mark. That's really good. So I was going to say a, a short prayer for us. Um, yeah. just to launch us today and um and uh i just wanted to acknowledge today that uh, uh at first i was going to do a an april fool's joke because it's april 1st so don't get caught off guard guys it, that's yeah. certainly the day and uh then i saw the the news of the pandemic and i thought i'm not going to make a joke today uh, but i'd had one come up so i was thinking about saying that uh you know the uh the industrial engineers came up with a way to solve the toilet paper problem all these newspapers across the country that are losing their their uh, their subscriptions and people that uh, have old newspapers have found a way to turn their presses and make toilet paper. So we're going to have plenty of toilet paper. You can tell your wives that they're going to have plenty of toilet paper because uh, all the newspaper companies that are going out of business are now producing toilet paper. It's just really hard to use a roll of toilet paper that's four foot wide. So, that's right. uh, <laughs> so that's right. there's one for you for April Fool's. Get them all excited. That's right. God's got um, a sense of humor too, Mark. That's right. <laughs> so Lord, we desire in these turbulent times the peace and joy that only your unconditional love can give. You've said that we are sheep, your sheep, that we hear your voice and follow you, and you give us eternal life. Today, let us remember not only with our heads, but also with our hearts, that you, we are yours. God, John says in his Gospels, this is eternal life, that we know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. And Lord, to know you is to know that you, your love for us is bigger than anything we are facing today. I thank you for that, God. In Jesus' name, amen. That's good, Mark. Thank you so much. Love you, buddy. I appreciate you this morning. It's really good stuff. All right, guys. Have a great day, guys.